drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Men's Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Oakland and the Oakland Coliseum where the Indians are taking on the Athletics this weekend in a three-game series, part of a five-game road swing for the Tribe. Coming up on this week's show, we will hear from Indians catcher Kevin Ploiecki, outfielder Jordan Luplo, and starting pitcher Corey Kluber about his tough injury situation and uh, the prospects for coming back this season. We'll also have a farm report from Tribe Director of Player Development, James Harris. But first, our week in review, and it got off to a shaky start at home for the Tribe. Monday night, a 9-1 to loss to the White Sox in the first of a four-game series, followed up by a 2-0 defeat against Chicago on Tuesday night. But on Wednesday, the Indians, in a very encouraging way, defeated the White Sox 5-3, to and we say that because of how it ended. Now, to get there... The White Sox took a 1-0 lead in the third on a Jose Abreu home run off of Sean, uh, Shane Bieber. But in the fourth inning, the Indians tied it on a ground out by Leonis Martin. Then it was Tyler Naquin batting with the bases loaded. Here comes his 0-2. Swung on, line, left field, base hit Naquin. One run is in. Rounding third, heading for home is Martin. He will score standing up, and Tyler Naquin comes through. Three to one, Tribe. Boy, just good hitting by Naquin tonight. A single to right center, his first time up. That time, slapped it to left. And that was good for a two-run single. And that looked to be the changeup. Darting low and outside, he didn't try and pull it. He just served it to left. And Naquin has put the Indians in front. Meanwhile, Bieber was cruising until he ran into some trouble in the seventh, gave up a pair of runs there, and it was back to even at 3-3. It stayed that way until the bottom half of the ninth inning. That's when Francisco Lindor got it started. The next delivery is swung on drill to center. Base hit Frankie Lindor. So the winning runs had first with one down in the ninth. Calvin Herrera. He sets, fires, runner goes, pitches a check swing foul. Oh, what a jump Lindor had. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. He had that base stolen. There wouldn't have even been a throw. Now the 2-1 runner goes, pitches in the dirt, no throw. Lindor in standing. His second steal in as many tries. So the winning run now in scoring position, 3-3. Runner at second. Two down, ninth inning. Base hit here, wins it. Time is called. And with this overshift, all Jose now, I say all, like it's so easy, it's not. 
but literally if he hit a ground ball where the shortstop usually would be the game would be over the pitch swung in and blasted deep right center away back win it by a final score of five to three. Oh, and there is that blast that Jose and the Indians have been waiting for. And did he tee off into the wind? The Indians get their third walk-off win of the season. They get their second walk-off game-winning home run of the season. The first by Jose Ramirez here in 2019. And the Indians are a winner over the Chicago White Sox by a final score of five to three on a two run homer to right center by Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez, you know, we've said it before one game, one at bat doesn't necessarily mean everything's hunky dory, but. That had to be big for him, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a guy he had really struggled off of in his career. I thought when when we got the runner to second, it, it opened up so much because all of a sudden, if he just puts the bat on the ball, there looked like there were some holes out there and things like that, but he really jumped on that ball. Which is also why you've got a Frankie Lindor batting leadoff. He's the guy that he may not steal 50 bags, Terry, but – Boy, he knows when to get them, doesn't he? Yeah, that was a big, in my opinion, that's a big stolen base. I mean, because it just changed so much of, you know, again, making contact gives you a chance to win. So a nice win for the Tribe. Thursday, the Indians and White Sox trying to beat the rain that was in the forecast for the afternoon game at Progressive Field. And uh, it was the Tribe taking the early lead thanks to Jordan Luplo in the second inning. Luplo. Played pretty much straight away in the outfield. The pitch to him. And he drives one deep to left. This ball gone to the bleachers. Jordan Luplo gets his first as an Indian. And he jumped all over it and put it into the bleachers and left. And the Indians have the early 1-0 lead. So Luplo's first home run as an Indian. His first RBI as an Indian. The Tribe made it 2-0 in the second when Jake Bowers scored on a wild pitch. Now the 1-0. In the dirt and all the way to the backstop, the ball kicks toward the White Sox dugout. Coming around third is Bowers. He's going to come home and score. All the way from second base, Bowers never broke stride. McCann didn't seem to know where the ball was. It went by him to the backstop and then kicked directly right toward the first base dugout and Bowers never hesitated and scored from second. McCann may have been crossed up on the pitch and he also didn't do a great job of blocking it and then had no idea where it was and was slow to react and Bowers aggressively scores from second on a wild pitch. 
Shades of Kenny Lofton against Randy Johnson and Dan Wilson in game six of the 1995 ALCS. A little more at stake that night, but the Indians will take it. Then it was Carlos Carrasco going to work on the mound. Here's the one-two. Swung on, a bouncing ball to the second baseman. Kipnis right there. Throws on to first in time for the out. Side retired in order, and the beat goes on for Carlos Carrasco. After four and a half, it's official. Two-nothing. Tribe in front. That was big because the rains were coming, but not before the Indians batted in the bottom of the fifth with Luplo contributing again. The 2-1. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball right center field. This is hit well. Way back there. Home run, Luplo. His second of the game. And the Indians take a 3-0 lead. Yeah, he hit it a ton, and then it got up in that jet stream to right center. And Jordan Luplo has his first two home runs in a Cleveland Indians uniform. Then it was Roberto Perez with a pair of men on. Here's his pitch. Swung on, bounced to third, and it gets past Moncada into left field. A run will score. That's Gonzalez. Into third goes Bowers. And Perez is aboard, and the Indians lead it 4-0. And next it was Francisco Lindor. Runners on the corners here. The pitch to Lindor. Swung on and skied to right. Fairly deep, but heading toward the corner is Tilson, and he drops it. He fell down and lost the ball, dropped it, and that will allow Bowers to score. Perez advances to third, and Lindor's into second. All right, Tilson was tracking that ball, heading to the corner near the warning track, and just lost his feet, and when he fell over, the ball dropped, and it will go as a double for Lindor, and the Indians now lead it 5-0. Well, the teams waited to see if they could play any more, but they could not. And after about two and a half hours, the game was finally called. Five innings complete, the Indians 5-0 victors. On Friday night, the series opener here in Oakland, a tough one for the Tribe in a seesaw battle. Oakland wins it in 12 on a walk-off home run by Matt Chapman for three. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll hear from Tribe catcher Kevin Ploiecki after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Ploiecki swings, hammers one, deep left field. It is gone! Kevin Ploiecki has his first hit and first home run as an Indian. A line drive shot to the bleachers and left. And the Indians have a 1-0 lead. And he's got some thump in that bat. And you know how good that feels. You're new to an organization. You just want to make a favorable impression. And you also know when you're the backup catcher, your opportunities aren't the same as the guy catching every day. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from the Oakland Coliseum in Oakland, California. Don't forget a lot of ways to take in our show each week. Of course, you can listen to it on the Indians Radio Network and many of these uh, same stations that you're on right now. It's usually sent down the lines on Saturday. And then a couple of other ways to listen to it in podcast form, not only on Apple iTunes under Cleveland Indians Podcasts, 
But now you can take in Tribe Talk as a podcast on the iHeartRadio app. So uh, check it out on iHeartRadio, their app, and uh, check out the podcast right there. Another way to take in Tribe Talk whenever you like. Well, early in the season, Kevin Plowecki has uh, given the Indians a nice boost as their second catcher behind Roberto Perez. And uh, not always easy for a catcher to join a new team, but early in the season, Plowecki says he's pleased with how things have gone to this point, both offensively and behind the plate. Yeah, I thought it's gone great. Um, you know, the, the times that I've been in there, I just try and, you know, work with that pitcher uh, the best that I can, you know, that starter. And then, you know, when they hand the ball over to the, to the relievers, just stick to the game plan and, you know, really just try and have a good game plan with that, with that starting pitcher, you know, going into the game so that we can go as deep as possible. And then, you know, like I said, just hand the ball off to the bullpen and let them do their thing. And you get a chance throughout the spring to, to work with most of the mainstays on the staff, be it starters or relievers. Yesterday, an interesting situation where you're catching Cody Anderson and, and really hadn't had that much time with him. But you were saying that the ability to catch up comes pretty quick. And, and what do you do with him, someone maybe that you're not as familiar with? Yeah, I had a chance to catch him a little bit in spring. So, um, you know, you know, when I haven't caught somebody in a long time, it's just about, you know, trying to get ahead and trying to you know use their strengths and get them in situations and counts to you know for them to have the most success um you know yesterday didn't go the way that we we both wanted it to go but at the same time I thought he had great life on his fastball he had you know great depth on his changeup. there was just you know maybe some command that um you know could have been a little bit better but that's just going to be part of the process for him coming back from an injury you know too he's still building himself back up he was obviously amped up things could have gone completely different that in that game if you know baseball's funny sometimes you know we can we can get a couple you know weak contact there a couple weak outs and you know he's still going so you know all in all it's just about you know having that trust in each other and mainly just trying to focus on getting you know the starter ahead in the count and, and kind of going from there Offensively, your challenge is to try and get some things done at the plate without regular playing time so far. It's, it's somewhat sporadic. How do you do that? How do you manage that to try and get the best that you can in your at-bats? Yeah, well, I mean, unfortunately, my career so far, it's, it, it's not a situation that, that I'm, uh, it's new to me. It's kind of been like that for me, uh, you know, my whole career up to this point. It's been a little bit sporadic. So, I, I you know, I, I just take every day you know at the same have the same approach as if I am playing just do my same routines in the cage same work um, you know same routine and BP you know just to stay consistent with it and when I go in there and I'm playing I'm just trying to have a good at bat I'm trying to you know swing at strikes um, you know hit the ball hard and, and the rest is out of my control so um, you know for me it's just about and it's always been just about having a good quality at bat you know whether that's one pitch and hitting the ball hard or it's a walk or you know, whatever the case may be, it's just about having a good at, good at bat and making that pitcher work to get me out. Uh, you've pitched twice early in the season and done well. Uh, explain what that's like, kind of balancing a tough day, that's why you're in there, with trying to get some good things done. Yeah, no, it's obviously, you know, been a tough day if I'm on the mound, but at the same time, you're going to have games like that. It's just the reality of it. So um, just a chance to take a load off the bullpen and, um, you know, gives me a chance to, you know, go out there and I guess have a little bit of fun on a day that, that uh, you know, hasn't really gone that well for us. So, um, so far this year it's gone well. Like I said, I hope I hope I don't have to be out there anymore, but, you know, it's one of those things that, um, you know, in a long season, unfortunately, you're going to have games that kind of get away from you, and that's just the reality of it. 
Does Birdo even need to put signs down for you when he's back behind the plate catching you? He was yesterday. I worked <laughs> in a couple of breaking balls yesterday, so we we uh, we switched it up from our first time. I threw all fastballs the first time, and yesterday I worked in a couple of breaking balls. So we'll see if I can work some more pitches in my repertoire. <laughs> hey, you had a chance uh, earlier in the day to to go and uh, work out with the monsters, get on the ice a little bit. What's your background in that, and and how'd that go today? Yeah, I'm, I, I played I played for three years growing up back in uh, 10, 11, 12. You know, it was a long time ago. So the opportunity came about to go over there and kind of skate around and, and shoot some puck. And, you know, I played rollerblade hockey in the street and stuff. It had been a while since I strapped it on, but just something fun to do and something to, uh, you know, really brought back some good memories for me personally. And, and uh, you know, Brad and I had a good time with it and, you know, walked out of there with no injuries. You didn't take anybody into the boards hard, did you? No, 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 no. <laughs> we were just casually skating around, getting some shots up, and, you know, we had fun with it. All right, Kevin. Thanks a lot for coming by. All right, thanks. That's Indians catcher Kevin Plawecki talking about his early season with a new ball club, the Cleveland Indians. Stay tuned. We'll talk to another new member of the Cleveland Indians, Jordan Luplo. Suddenly is swinging a hot bat. That comes your way shortly on the Cleveland Clinic Indians radio network. Played pretty much straight away in the outfield. The pitch to him, and he drives one deep to left. This ball gone to the bleachers. Jordan Luplo gets his first as an Indian, and he jumped all over it and put it into the bleachers and left. The 2-1. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball right center field. This is hit well. Way back there. Home run, Luplo. His second of the game. And the Indians take a 3-0 lead. Yeah, he hit it a ton, and then it got up in that jet stream to right center. And Jordan Luplo has his first two home runs in a Cleveland Indians uniform. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. The Indians in Oakland this weekend taking on the Athletics at the Oakland Coliseum. And that's not too far from the hometown of Jordan Luplo, Indians outfielder from Clovis, California, about a two-and-a-half-hour drive up to Oakland from Clovis. He played his college ball at Fresno State, a, another spot about two hours away from Oakland. And uh, we had a chance to catch up with Luplo after his two-home run game Earlier this week against the Chicago White Sox, he's been red hot since returning from AAA Columbus, and he talks about what has made the difference since his return. Uh, I just think uh, getting more comfortable and, uh, you know, not trying to do too much on a daily basis and just uh, taking it day by day. And I know um, you had mentioned it when you came back that, that sometimes when you change teams there is an adjustment period there. How difficult was it going through the spring and, and trying to impress a new team and, and not necessarily having the success that you wanted? Yeah, I mean, you, you obviously want to show some of the guys what you can do and uh, what you're about. But, um, 
you know, once I got over that and just became myself, I think that's when uh, that's when it's starting to show that that the player I really am, and uh, you know, I can help this team win some ball games. I don't think anyone wants to spend time at AAA, but they don't have to. But looking back on it, big benefit, and and if so, why? Yeah, um, it helped just kind of settle me down a little bit and get back to being me and uh, get some consistent abs, get get a. Uh, you know, my swing feeling right, get my defense uh, where I need it to be, and, uh, you know, get back up here and, you know, win some ball games. Uh, Jordan, you mentioned uh, defense is part of what you do, too. The home runs are great yesterday, certainly, but uh, you have a chance to play some center field the last couple of games, and uh, you haven't had a whole lot of experience there. What are the challenges moving from a corner to being the guy in the middle? Um, I think just moving the guys around and being on the same page a little more because uh, you got to focus on the guy to your left and right, not just one one side and then a wall um, so that's a little bit of adjustment but you know uh, Millsy is the, the bench coach has been helping me out there with the positioning and all that stuff uh, but honestly it's a little easier to read the, read the ball off the bat because uh, you get a direct you get a direct line to uh, you know where the pitch is going and, and you can see the bat a lot better and uh, go through the zone and where the ball is going to go so uh, it's just about reading the sound off there hearing the sound off the bat from there so Players like to be coachable, I, I think. And uh, you mentioned Millsy helping you out a little bit. And uh, hitting-wise, some adjustments from the hitting coaches here that, that have helped you, and, and if so, what were they? Yeah, um, I think uh, we've been working on something, just trying to get to a good, good strong position when you're hitting. And uh, I just think, you know, you, you get some little nagging injuries, you compensate, or you think, ah, maybe i got to do this a little different. And then next thing you know, you snowball into someone you're not even, you don't even recognize on video. And so... Uh, we did some video work and you know compared some things from when I was going well uh, a couple years ago and then uh, you know it was kind of eye-opening to me uh, seeing where I am now and where I was and that's kind of really all I needed to see and <laughs> then we went to work after that. Different ballparks mean different things to different players. We're not too far from where you grew up. What does the Oakland Coliseum mean to you and what it'll be like to play here this weekend? Yeah, um, I'm excited to be close to home. You know, I got the California vibes going right now. Um, you know, I got some family coming in town. And, you know, I've been to the stadium a couple times, uh, playoff game and a couple regular season games. So uh, it's going to be pretty cool to just be able to play on this field and uh, experience this. Well, Jordan, nice to see you going well. Thanks a lot for coming by. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. That's Jordan Luplo, Indians outfielder. Stay tuned. We'll hear from Corey Kluber and have a weekly farm report as Tribe Top racks up from the Oakland Coliseum in Oakland, California, after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you on our final segment from the Oakland Coliseum in Oakland, California. And earlier this week, we had a chance to visit with Corey Kluber, who is on the injured list and will be for a while as he tries to recover from that broken bone in his right forearm hit by a line drive down in Miami on the last road trip, and uh, that has effectively put him on the shelf for quite some time. But if you know Corey Kluber, you know he will do everything in his power to try and get back and contribute to this ball club down the stretch this season. And when we visited with Corey earlier this week, he gave us an update on how he's feeling about a week out from the injury. It's all right. I mean, I think I've learned, you know, what, what does and doesn't irritated for the most part at this point in time so just try to stay away from the things that 
that don't feel great and you know try to do as much as I can with my left hand. It seems like uh, a lot of times with pitchers it's uh, some sort of ligament or, or muscle type injury or a pull or something like that that you can work on right away. Is it, is it kind of frustrating right now that you just have to be careful uh, for the most part? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's frustrating in the sense that, you know, all you can really do at this stage is is let it heal initially. Um, not really much you can do to speed up the process or help it along. You know, besides kind of taking care of yourself. But um, obviously, you know, like you said, when when we have injuries, we're used to trying to work through them as quick as possible. And this is kind of, you know, the opposite where we kind of have to just step away for a little bit and and let it heal, which isn't always the most uh, satisfying way to approach it. The play had happened, it seemed like everything happened so fast. Uh, when did you know that, that you were in trouble in terms of an injury? You know, I think that when I tried to run after the ball, it didn't feel great. And then afterwards, you know, we got up to the locker room and I was getting examined and stuff. There's a few things that didn't feel great. So obviously you're always hoping for the best, but then, you know, we went and took the x-rays and obviously it showed a fracture. So, you know, from that point in time, it's just kind of swallow that pill and then the way I looked at it was you know I, I didn't feel sorry for myself I just kind of looked at it as that was that's the cards that I was dealt and now I gotta you know find a way to make the best of it and and hopefully be in a good spot whenever I am able to come back. Corey Kluber joining us um, when you look at that being able to come back I know there's no timetable yet in your mind though what do you envision in terms of availability between now and the end of the season? Uh, it's It's really like like they said the other day, it's kind of up in the air at this point in time. We just have to wait and see through the x-rays how things are healing. And then, you know, when they get to the, the point in time where the doctors say it's okay to start doing stuff, then I think it might be able to come with a better picture for that. But, you know, at this point in time, I just kind of have to do what they say I'm allowed to do and avoid the things they say I'm not and, and you know, hope that it, that it heals as quick as possible. When you do get back, obviously you'll have missed some time and, uh, obviously, you've logged a lot of innings uh, over the course of the past several seasons, but you always seem to be the type of pitcher who gets better the, as the season goes along and you kind of work into some good things. Uh, are you concerned at all about that missed time that you'll have, w whatever amount it may be? No, I mean, I think that the more concerning part is, you know, not being able to be out there with the team for whatever time period it is, you know, not being able to contribute, things like that. Um, you know, I think that that obviously when I am ready to to throw and pitch you know I'm gonna obviously have to go through a rehab process and that's the goal of that rehab process is to to use those bullpens and those outings to get yourself to where you feel like you're ready to not be working on stuff when you get back out to the major level but that you're at a, a point in time where you can go out there and contribute to the team and help the team win. Trying to do that while you're injured is, is obviously not easy. First time in your career where, where you're going to try and do that. Well, do you have an idea of, of what you may or may not be able to do to, to help teammates, specifically pitchers, along the way? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is probably just availability, you know, being there, being around the team, being there for guys. Uh, you know, when I'm allowed to, obviously I'll, I'll go down to the dugout. Um, when I'm allowed to, I'll go outside and watch sides, you know, with the other starters, things like that. Um, so I think just, you know, still staying around the team, not trying to seclude yourself and and being there. If, if guys happen to have, you know, something they want to discuss or a question they might have, um, hopefully I'm, I can help out in some way, you know, shape and form. Um, but I think that's, that's really, you know, the only way that 
that you can do it. I don't think you can force yourself upon people. I think that you have to wait and see if you know that situation presents itself, and if so, then then hopefully you can help out the best you can. Certainly, the day you pitch for uh, fans and and us, we, we get to watch you pitch. That's fine. Um, from your standpoint, what what do you think you'll miss the most during this time as as you try and get back? Yeah, I'd say that. I mean, I think that that's you know, if, as a starting pitcher, you know, that you you spend those four days to for the one day that you know you're out there on the mound uh get, getting ready for that so i think that obviously that's what you know is the most fun as a starting pitcher is is that day when you're actually out there on the mound you know trying to compete against the other team and you know compete and try to help your team win so i think that those are the things that are probably um i don't want to say that they're the toughest but I, I would say that that's what you look forward to the most when you start getting close to coming back well, Corey, hopefully it's a speedy recovery. Thanks a lot for coming back. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. That's Indians pitcher Corey Kluber, the two-time Cy Young Award winner and last year's 20-game winner, hoping to salvage something from this season that's been interrupted by a broken bone in his pitching arm. Well, we finish up this week's edition of Tribe Talk with our weekly visit with James Harris, the Indians Director of Player Development. Touched on a lot of different prospects on the Indians' farm system. And we began talking about a relief pitcher who throws close to 100 miles an hour with command now. That's James Karinchak, who started his season at AA. He's now at AAA, and who knows, he might be in Cleveland at some point in time too. And we asked James how he's been posting these ridiculous numbers at both Akron and Columbus. First thing he does is, I mean, he's, he's, he's competitive. I mean, you see him out there. His, his intention is to, to win, to help his team win, and, and to go after, after batters, which is what he's been able to do. Um, he's improved the command of his fastball, and, and the secondary stuff has played off of that. Um, so he, he strikes a lot of guys out, and, but, and he throws a lot of pitches in the process. But uh, he's a guy who's been really competitive. When when you look at someone like that, it, it sounds like he really went to work in the off season to try and refine his game. What, what have you noticed from the end of one season to the beginning of it, the next that that really has allowed him to post good numbers? Yeah, I think one of the things that that we've noticed is that he he really dialed in on on his command. So things that that might have been walks or put himself in, late in counts in 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 batter advantage counts, he's put himself in more in pitcher advantage counts, which has given him more opportunities to, to compete. And then on top of that, he's improved his breaking ball. He's really worked on a different grip with his breaking ball, which we've seen some some good movement on that, and and hitters are haven't caught up to it yet. Well, he certainly seems to be on the radar. James Karinchak, remember that name. A uh, couple of other pitchers at Double A Akron who've recently been promoted to the Double A level. Let's start with Eli Morgan and uh, what allowed him to get promoted from single A. Yeah, Eli is a guy who had some success in, in high A last year, and, and this year we wanted him to start off good there too, and he did that. He came out, again, he attacked tax hitter. He's a guy who's known for his changeup, um, and he can throw that in any count to any batter. And uh, he was doing that in, in the Carolina League, and now we think it's time to challenge him as he moves up. All right, a couple of guys coming back from injuries on the pitching front. James Hoyt, a major league pitcher, but he's had some injury issues. What's he coming back from? How close is he? And uh, what are you seeing so far? Well, he's a guy who who is is coming back from. He has some issues with his knee and his shoulder, and we just felt that it was a good time to get them both taken care of. Uh, last year, when he came over from Houston, I don't know if he ever felt one hundred percent, but now he's he's back, and it's good to get him out there and competing there in Columbus. And Aaron Savale, another pitcher who last year we talked about him several times. Mm-hmm. Lat issue early. How's he doing, and, and, and what do you see from him? 
Yeah, this was something that was more of, of a last season injury that we wanted to not just rush him out of spring training. Um, we wanted to give him some time, go through a full rehab so we can he can have a, a decent season being healthy the entire time. So now it's just that time in his calendar for to get him out. Um, we'll see him on Saturday for his, for his first start. We're really excited to see him out there. And, and sometimes it's just getting getting guys out and, and, and competing healthy and then stacking the competitiveness on top of that. So this is the first step in the process. Let's shift gears now to the position player front with James Harris, Indians Director of Player Development. Daniel Johnson, very impressive in spring training. I certainly think he left a great impression on everybody. Uh, he started his season at AA, and uh, the numbers are decent. What are you seeing from him so far? I think the, the thing that comes to mind when you see him is athlete. I mean, you see him defensively, you see him offensively in the box. He's going to give you a competitive at-bat. He's going he's to track down balls in the outfield. He's going to play all three positions. Like He's a really exciting player. And I, I think that was a name and that people talked about in spring training, and if you came to games, you saw it firsthand. And another along those lines, a little bit closer to the major leagues, Oscar Mercado. And uh, what have you seen from him that's really put him on the map and had him, a lot of people discussing him, whether it be internally or, or externally? Yeah, I think initially you, you would come in and say, even last year you would say, oh, this guy is defensively is as is, is good as it gets. Um, he's primarily a center fielder, but in order to, to help us, he might have to play left or right. So that's the first thing that, that you would say. And then he added some adjustments to the bat. So in the offseason, he worked really hard on his own. He came in with us and did some, some swing school stuff here in Cleveland to, to kind of make some adjustments to his swing. He saw the fruits of that labor in spring training, and he's carrying that over to the season. So, I mean, it's exciting offensive end and defense for this guy, but that's, a, that's fruit to his labor that he put in in the offseason. And certainly sometimes when the major league team struggles, uh, you hear fans, they, they say, hey, what, let's get this guy up here already. But why is it important that, that he stays where he is and, and comes up at the, quote, right time? I think the first thing I would mention would be every day at bats. So being able to have him down there getting better, working every single day, getting in the lineup every single day, allows doing that in, in AAA allows him to be ready when he gets up here, allows him to see the situations that he's going to face when he, when he gets up here. It also allows us to move him around a little bit. So we don't know if he's going to come up as a center fielder, left fielder, right fielder, but in Columbus we can control that a little bit. So we can say, let's get him in right field a little bit more because we might need him there. Or let's get him in left field just in case we need him there. Let's have him play center, which is what he naturally plays. So you don't necessarily want to want to make all those adjustments in Cleveland. Let's do all of those things and let him practice that in Columbus. And let's close things out with a, a fun time for you. This past week you've been down in the Dominican Republic uh, as part of the official unveiling of the new complex there for some of the youngest players in the system. Um, how exciting was that, and, and what are some of the benefits you see to this brand-spanking new place that, that allows players to develop? Well, it was really exciting. I mean, the fact that we had our front office, ownership group, scouting group, player development group, as well as our players and coaching staffs all together to celebrate the fact that we have a building, which is essentially uh, Cleveland Dominican Republic. So you basically take everything that we have here in Cleveland or everything we have in our Arizona facility, and we open that up in the, in the Dominican Republic, whether that be classrooms and, and things that help our players with English or learn things off the field, nutrition and strength conditioning areas, um, two fields and half fields and turf fields and and things to, to to help them develop on the field, as well as dorms um, that they're they're going to sleep in. It's an all-encompassing place for us to um, scout players, develop players, and help build uh, young young guys in the men. Great stuff for sure.
James, you've been, I know, a whirlwind tour uh, this past uh, week or so, but thanks a lot for coming by. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been fun. That's James Harris, Indians Director of Player Development, and that's Tribe Talk this week coming to you from Oakland, California. We'll be home next week when the Indians are playing the Baltimore Orioles at Progressive Field next weekend, and uh, that's where our show will originate from next weekend. So we hope you can join us then. Always thanks to Brian Matze for putting together our show each week back at Command Center. Until next weekend, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.